welcome to the LifeHouse Church Beloved Podcast. How are you all doing, our listeners? I'm Lena Hobson, and I'm joined here today by Carolyn Thomas and Jude Whitehouse. How are you going, girls? Well, thank you. I nearly said, you know, when you said how you're going, and then uh, our, listen, our listeners. I'm just trying to change it up a bit. <laughs> Warning would be good next time. <laughs> Carolyn, loving spontaneity. <laughs> <laughs> so um, last week we spoke a bit about rest um, going on from our podcast on Martha and we talked um, at the end about, you know, how we, how we need to begin to, um, you know, develop the, the practice. <laughs> I've just said three words that mean the same thing. Um, how we need to learn the art of um, being still before God and how... You know, we need to look at resting our spirit as being a higher priority than resting, you know, our physical bodies. Um, And just how, yeah, just priorities and and busyness. So today we're going to be looking at um, just some of the the characteristics exhibited by some of the awesome women of the Bible. Um, We're going to be looking at Mary and we're going to be looking at... Elizabeth and, you know, looking at obedience and, and faithfulness. So that's what we're talking about today. Carol. You know, it's just um, just listening to you saying there about, you know, rest and resting our spirits and stuff. And we, we, we mentioned, I think it might have, well, one of you two girls last time mentioned how you could, how energised you almost feel arrested having a conversation um, you know, about the Lord or talking about the things of the Lord. And that's how I'm feeling right now because I was feeling like really busy and whatever when I came into this. But just talking about the things of the Lord, it just, you know, energizes you and that. So that's awesome. All right. So um, if we look at Mary, well, we'll just get Lena to read um, Luke 1 verse 26 to 38. Um, and just to see, yeah, what, what, what one of the qualities um, that really jumps out at us about Mary. So go, go Lena. Okay, so in the sixth month of Elizabeth, Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. All right, thank you. Now, um, oh, did you read um, verse 38 as well no, there? I haven't finished. Oh, sorry. Too keen, too keen. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. I just want, um, I just want us to listen again to Mary's response. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. 
And, you know, it's from that that I think if we were to sum up Mary's response in one word, it would be obedience, wouldn't it? I mean, that, that could have pretty much freaked her out, what the angel is saying is going to happen, but look at her response. Um, so what does obedience mean? We love our paper dictionaries. <laughs> Yeah. Um, when I was looking up my dictionary on my app that I really want to pay for one um, obedience, an act of or instance of obeying um, quality or state of being obedient good anything you have to add to that Lena? Yeah, Before um, I give you so my wealth. Oh, <laughs> the perfect definition <laughs> um, so Vine's dictionary has it as to listen, attend, to submit, to trust Faith is of the heart, invisible to men. Obedience is of the conduct and may be observed. It's the outward result of the inward persuasion. Good. Um, so the biblical word for obey comes from the Greek, from the Greek hupaku. I'm probably saying <laughs> totally wrong, which means to listen intently and by implication to heed or conform to a command or authority. Um, and and for me, just thinking about obedience in terms of you know as a Christian. To me, it's just summed up, obedience is hearing and doing. Yep. So hearing plus doing equals obedience. Um, no arguing, no questioning. That's what obedience is, just hearing. And, and you know, um, the Bible talks about that as well, obviously a lot about not just hearing the word, but doing it, and that is what obedience is in God's eyes. Yep. Um, all right, so what does it look like if we apply it? Um, what does obedience look like? How should we be applying it into our lives? Lena. Oh, sorry, Jude. <laughs> um, well, I sort of look at it as like three sort of main things. Like you are continually in the word, so you understand what you're supposed to be obedient to. You have a constant attitude of humility. Um, so you have an understanding that, you know, we are sinners and, um, you know, that... You lost your thought. <laughs> I did lose my thought. You know that that we that we are sinners, and um, and I have completely lost my thought. But I'm going to read to you one John one eight to nine, <laughs> and then I'll read that might it. jar your memory. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, if we say we have no sin, we delude and lead ourselves astray, and the truth, which the gospel presents, is not in us. Um, if we freely admit that we have sinned and confess our sins, He is faithful and just. And will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Um, so to me that, you know, obedience is um, really in my life, it looks like humility and, and repenting because I recognize that, you know, I fail and I make mistakes. And I, but I'm, you know, working out my salvation and fear and traveling. Yeah. As, you know, we're looking upwards and we're continually going forwards in obedience into doing what God wants in my day-to-day -day life. But... I'm also dealing with being obedient to your word by that humility and repenting yep. of my wrongdoing. Good. Jude? Yeah, the first thing that came to mind as well was reading God's word and living how we are told to live like Christ. So if we're not living like Christ lived, then we're not doing it the right way. Yep. Um, and when I was looking at this and thinking about it, I was talking to my teenage daughter and, um, yeah, oh, and also, sorry, listening to God and the Holy Spirit prompts that we get and doing what we're told. Yep. So not just listening, but actually doing it. So it's an action thing. It's not a passive thing. Yep. Um, but yeah, I was talking to Emily and 
I said, ah, oh, so what does this look like in a Christian life? What does obedience look like? And she said, well, when we wake up each morning, we should ask God what our plans are today. Um, who do we talk to? Where do we go? What are we supposed to be doing? Even if we have our own plans, we should be willing to change them. That's good. So. I was like, I love you. <laughs> you so, think, yeah, I've so. trained you well, Gil. <laughs> so submitting really your own agenda and your own plans to the Lord. Yeah, yeah that's good. Very good. Wisdom from Emily. Um, yeah, I've got the same as what you girls. I said it looks like practical application of yeah. the Word of God. Um, you know, there's just hundreds of commands um, to govern every aspect of our life anyway. So that would be obedience, looking at how we should be reacting or behaving in this situation or what we should be doing and applying it. And I cannot stress that enough. Obedience, it's no good. You're not being obedient if you just go and sit and read the Bible. You can read it cover to cover every day if that were possible. Um, and you can just know all the scriptures so well, you might be able to quote everything, but that is not obedience if you're not actually, uh, you know, putting them into practice and actually doing them. Um, and, you know, Jesus himself says that if we love him, we will obey his commands. And again, it's no good just hearing what his commands are or knowing them. If we're not doing them, then it's not obedience. Hear, hear. Yeah, good. So we'll... Strive for that. Okay, so what does God's word say about um, obedience? Girls, I've got like a whole page of scriptures or two pages. So, <laughs> good one, Jude. <laughs> Would you like to expand on that a little bit, please? <laughs> um, well, I read through a lot of scriptures on obedience and obey. Um, one of them was Jesus says, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Um, and also in Deuteronomy, if you go and have a look in Deuteronomy, there's like huge things of, here's the blessings of obedience. And yeah, of disobedience. disobedience. Yeah. So, yeah, it opens your eyes up a bit as well if you haven't gone and read that before. Yeah. But yeah, there's, <laughs> there's lots. <laughs> Another one that really stuck out to me was Proverbs 6.20. It says, My son, keep your father's command and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Mm. Um, and in the New Living Translation, it says, Obey, not keep. So, um, And it, in there it might have been talking about the biological, but it's also the spiritual mums and dads that you have, your mentors and your leaders and stuff like that. It's yep. not just because they've got the wisdom as well that God's gives them. So you need to take note of that and obey that as well. Like, Heed. Would you like a scripture directly for that? I've got one right here. Hebrews thirteen seventeen. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they must give an account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. There you go. I like that one. doesn't get preached on enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as you said, Jude, I've got all the Deuteronomy as well, like all the blessings that come with obedience. Um, and um, 1 Samuel as well, 15, um, it says, it's Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to listen in the fat of rams. So, yeah, obedience better than sacrifice. You might be saying, Oh, well, God, I'm giving up this for you and I'm doing this for you and I'm doing that for you and whatever, but I'm not obeying you and this, this and this. And he's like, I'd rather have your obedience. I'm a bit of a, a, a John kick at the moment, a loving John, because I realised that, you know, currently in the church, 
it can get a bit out of balance at times and have this focus on like this wonderful experience and intimacy with God. And not that intimacy isn't available to us, but if we go too far down that path, we can forget the other side of obeying the word of yep. God. Yep. Yep. And that is <laughs> my foundation that I'm basing my life on. Yep. Yep. So, um, yeah, if our podcasters want to check out 1 John 2, 3 to 6, or 1 John 3, um, 2 to 10, which talks about, you know, whoever says, I know him... Um, and then acquainted with him, but fails to keep and obey his commandments is actually a liar, and the, and the truth of the gospel is not in him. Mm. But he who keeps his word is truly has the love of and for God in him. So, um, yeah, some interesting scriptures yeah. there. And that John fifteen fourteen, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Yeah. Or in other words, you'll obey my commandments. Yep. yep. All right, so that's good. So obedience is really important. Um, got a whole lot of scriptures here as well on the um, the loss of blessing for disobedience, but maybe we'll just keep it positive. Well, um, yeah, so just, you know, it's really important. It's really important um, to notice because like Lena's saying as well, that whole focus on intimacy and relationship, of course, you know, as you say, it's available. We've got to have it. But, you know, a lot of people, yeah, if you think you've got that, but you're not obeying his word, then there's there's a serious problem there. So, Yep. Um, I've just got a few little quotes. Is it right to give you some quotes about what people have said that I thought were pretty cool about obedience? Um, I find the doing of the will of God leaves me no time for disputing about his plans. So in other words, if I'm busy doing what I'm supposed to be doing and obeying, I'm not going to have time to sit and like, you know, question and, and wonder and whatever. Um, beware of reasoning about God's word. Obey it. That's Oswald Chambers. You know, I always say there's no ifs and buts. It's like if you don't agree with it, you are wrong. Full stop. End of story. That's it. And I love this one as well. I was telling Jude this one earlier. I'm from Jim Elliott. Why do you need a voice when you have a verse? And, you know, even that as well, a lot of um, times, you know, we can be, oh, I'm going to wait and hear what God's going to tell me or what God wants to say about it when, like, well, he's already spoken on it in the word of God. So. Word revealed his will revealed. Yeah. So that's good. And and this as well. Um, just as a servant knows that he must first obey his master in all things, so the surrender to an implicit and unquestionable obedience must become the essential characteristic of our lives. So God's word says it, do it. No questions, no ifs, no buts. Yep. All right, so that's obedience. We're gonna move on to look at Elizabeth. Um, and I'm just going to ask Lena to read Luke 1, 5 to 13. All right. In the, time, in the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Wabijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both very old. Once, when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as a priest before God, he was chosen by Lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. 
Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. All right, I want us just to um, listen again to that verse 6. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. And that is like after, um, you know, that's still being said of them after Elizabeth being barren for years and years and years. And so I think that if we were to sum up Elizabeth's attitude in one word, it would be faithful. Um, so what does being faithful mean? According to Vine, <laughs> my trusty dictionary, <laughs> um, it means adhering firmly and devotedly, remaining loyal and steadfast. Yep, good. Jude, anything to add? Yeah, oh, I had the yeah, steadfast and affection or allegiance, um, deserving trust, keeping your promises or doing what you are supposed to do. Yep. That's good. Um, and mine is the Oxford English Dictionary, of course, that there's no other that we have owned since 1984. <laughs> <laughs> um, having faith, remaining true, and I liked this constant or loyal, that constant and reliable, but uh, I particularly like the constant when I think of faithful. Yeah. All right, so how would, um, what should it look like to apply faithfulness in our daily lives? Where have you been faithful? I think it's an add-on to obedience. It's not just obedience, but it's the constant obedience. Mm, it mm. um, doesn't matter what's happening, like um, like my relationship with Christ. It doesn't matter what my husband's going through. It doesn't matter what my family's going through. It doesn't matter what my friends are going through. Yep. I need to have my um, my relationship with Christ is the important thing. Yep. So if they don't feel like doing it, that's fine. But I still need to do what I need to do. Yeah, not watering it down, not being afraid to water it down around them. Not being afraid to water it down. Not being afraid to not water it down. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky I know what you mean. <laughs> Sorry. I'm picking. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, you know, I totally agree. And I think, uh, you know, when I was thinking of that, the scripture that came to mind straight away was we walk by faith and not by sight. Yep. And that's what you're talking about there, that in our daily lives... It doesn't matter if we're facing problems or difficult circumstances or unexpected storm comes, you know, whether it be a job loss or illness or whatever. We've got to remain constant. We're not getting tossed all over the place. Um, you know, we remain stable and we trust in God no matter what it looks like. And that's faithful, isn't it? Being mm -hmm. faithful. That as you, and that's what you alluded to. Well, that's what you said there, Jude, as well. And, you know, your personality, your character, whatever stays the same. You don't just yeah. become someone else just because circumstances are hard or whatever. But having said that, pressure will actually reveal your true character and your level of faithfulness, um, you know. And, you know, what is, do you begin to start doubting and questioning God's goodness and his provisions and his plans and whatever, you know. And, and the Bible tells us that he's faithful even when we're not. And so really if, if you wanted a test for your faithfulness, it is does your faith fluctuate depending on your circumstances? And and for me, I think it's being the constant example. Like that's what God's been talking to me about the last couple of years is being the example. And so it's not just the example when I feel like it. Yes. It's the constant, yeah, constant yeah. example. That's it, yeah. Anything to add, Lena? No, your wisdom is 
to stun you, doesn't yeah. it? I'm good. <laughs> that, was, that was my own quote, you know. Does your, <laughs> does your faith fluctuate depending on your circumstance? And Yeah, but I guess that's something we can challenge ourselves and really look at what's coming out of your mouth, eh, when the pressure comes. All right, so God's Word obviously has a lot to say on faithfulness and trusting. So what have we got, Lena? Hit us with something. Not literally, but you know what I mean? Uh, Sorry, hey, that's um, a corny joke, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so I've just got a scripture from um, Jesus is telling the parable of the talents. And um, at the end, he says in Matthew twenty-five, twenty-three, um, his master said to him, well done, you upright and faithful servant. You being faithful and trustworthy over a little, I will put you ch- in charge of much. Enter into and share the joy which your master enjoys. I just, um, I really love that scripture um, just because of how it speaks to God is really interested in our character development. He's not like fast food convenience God and you get it because you're amazingly gifted and talented and, you know, whatnot. Um, You know, God's interested in character development and watching you grow step by step and, okay, you're ready for the next stage, you're ready for the next stage. Um, Yeah. I just, I like it. That's good. Yeah, um, one scripture that stuck out to me was, I love Proverbs. I think because Proverbs speaks straight to you and it's pretty yeah, good to read. Yeah. Um, Proverbs 3, 3 to 4. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Yeah. Find them around yeah. your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you'll win favour and a good name in the sight of God and man. And like I was saying, I think it was last week or the week before, um, you know, God's your... God should be your only audience. He's the only one you should worry about. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, who doesn't want to have a good name in his sight, you know? And, I, and I've found also that um, the more I'm faithful to to God and faithful to my beliefs and standing on them no matter what, um, especially around my non-Christian friends, if they're doing something, I go, no, actually, I don't agree with that. Then they're like, oh, oh okay then. Oh, yeah, that's okay. You know, you know it's just, yeah. You just get blessed more in your faithfulness, yeah. Um, yeah, than you know worrying about what they're saying. And you know, I think often you know we do worry too much about, especially um, you know, people that aren't Christians, what they're going to say or think. But you know, I think you'd, we'd be surprised at how much they actually respect you they more for having the courage of your convictions and actually, you know, because there you're really um, living and speaking what you are claiming to believe. Yeah. So you know, they see compromise very easily and. Yeah. It doesn't look different to, you know, what's in the world. So they do respect that, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Um, 1 Samuel twelve twenty four says, Only fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart, for consider what great things he has done for you. And I think that's the thing as well, you know. Um, yeah, we've got to be faithful. But, you know, it's just everything Christ has done for us, isn't it? So it's not even hard. Well, it shouldn't be hard to be faithful because it's all about him and what he's, he's done and we've got so much to be thankful. And I love that as well, only fear the Lord. And, you know, that's what the Lord's been really, um, you know, I've really been pushing in in the last couple of months. It's just like fear yeah. and worship should be reserved for God alone, yes. you know. Um, sorry, that was a little tangent there. but um, And then I love Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. And as I read that, I'm just thinking, what does that to do with faithfulness? But I guess it is to do with, you know, just keeping faithfulness is trusting in the Lord, isn't it? And just um, so no matter what's going on or what we think, which is our own understanding, how we're trying to figure out, is just keep trusting in Him in those circumstances that you don't understand or that you can't figure out. 
Um, and um, yeah, I like this one. This is what Lena, um, Luke 10, 16, and, and you quoted this, one who is faithful or, or similar is in a very little is also faithful in much, and one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. And, you know, as you said, Lena, God looks and watches and, you know, to see what he can trust you with. Um, and, you know, sometimes we might grumble about the little things, but he's looking at that, and if we're faithful in those little things. And just even your own human employers or bosses or church leadership are looking, and if you're faithful in the little things, then they know they can trust you with more, but if you drop the ball or, you know, or you just don't want to be doing this because it's not glamorous enough for you or whatever, you know, often you'll deliberately watch people with those little menial things to see, you know, and if they're faithful in that, then you know that Mm. you can trust them with more. You know, like, what I love about it, I think so much is in the world, it's so often who you know. Yes. Yep. God's not. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's what you do. Yeah. Yep. Well, it's who you are. Yeah. Character, isn't it? With yeah. God. Yep. All right. So that's good. So faithfulness. All right. So the next um, person we look at is Esther. Um, and I just want to see if we've got a scripture. We must have a scripture here about Esther. So could you just read the one verse, Lena, Esther 4, verse 16, if you've got it there? Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. I love that. For such Mm. a time as this, if I perish, (laughs) I perish, so be it. So I think the one word there that I think really sums up Esther is, is courageous or courage. Yeah. Um, so, what would your definitions be of that, girls? Well, just like just like confident in God. Yep. No matter what. Mm. What do you have, Jude? The same. You got um, something from your dictionary there? Uh, yes, I love my dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, courage—the ability to do something that you know is difficult or dangerous. Yep. Mental or moral strength to venture, persevere, and withstand danger, fear, or difficulty. And I like that, yeah, I like that mental strength because really that is what you need, isn't it, with courage? I mean, it's not about your physical strength. It's that mental strength to actually do something that scares you. I've got, yeah, the power of quality, the power or quality of dealing with or facing danger, fear or pain, etc. Um, and, you know, just um, was saying there as well, there's an expression, taking one's courage in both hands, and that's actually... Um, I love how they phrase it, nerving oneself to perform an action. So in other words, building yourself up, getting your nerve up to actually perform something that terrifies you or whatever. So that's courage. Yep. So what does it look like in your everyday life or, yeah, how would you apply it? um, getting ready for my, like, my first sermon, waiting in the service for it. And it's like, worship takes, like, (laughs) a really long time when you're preaching. (laughs) That's when you want to bolt. The courage it takes to stand still. Don't run away. Don't run away. Don't run away. (laughs) I've often stood there and thought, what would David do if I just like hard-tailed it right out of here right now? I have considered it like if I just turned and ran. I thought that I've only done a five-minute preach. (gasps) But that is the worst time, isn't it, Lena? You think, oh, in the worship, I'll get myself into the zone. But it's like, oh, I just want to like, yeah, preach first and then I can enjoy this. It's just like that. that, For me, that's the worst time as well. There's just those few minutes before I just want to bolt out of there. (laughs) 
right, so I guess as well, though, um, application as well as what we talked about a few minutes ago, having that courage of your conviction. So actually being able to um, have the courage to speak up for what is right. You know, wherever it is, it might be at home or in your job or wherever. And, you know, because often it's easier to just keep quiet and say nothing. And then afterwards you sort of burn and think, oh, I should have said something. Um, You know, I know you've got to exercise wisdom in what you say and where you say and when, but there are times definitely when we should speak and maybe we don't and and you know it does take courage to do that you know you get the whole feeling beforehand the adrenaline and you know when you're going to do it and I know my voice gets a bit you know because I know that I have to say this and I'm going to but you know it takes courage and and also having the courage to deal with situations that you need to even if they're unpleasant and no matter what the cost is yes and that does take a lot of courage um yeah, and, and also having courage to maybe face up to any issues in your own life. Um, so you, you know, you might have fears and stuff and, you know, at the root of, um, you know, most people's sort of problems or issues or stuff, especially if you're trying to control situations or control things, is fear. And so often, you know, you don't want to face up to those fears maybe or you might actually run away if, you know, it's going to be time to do that. And so it takes courage to actually say, right, now I'm going to deal with this and not run away from the situation. Yep. Yep. Anything else to add there, girls? It's fun to exercise. (laughs) It's not fun at the time. A few weeks ago, God really was like, I want you to go talk to this person about um, the relationship with me. I was like, oh, I really don't want to. But all right, get there. All right, perfect time to go. All right, I'm going to say it now do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? And, like, inside you're like... (laughs) 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 But you're just like, oh, afterwards, it's just so good to actually trust God and follow through and do it, and it's good. Good to exercise. Yep. One thing I I thought of, too, with um, the courage, you know, it's stepping out and doing what you're supposed to do, no matter what of the fear and difficulty that we can see. Yep. Because usually God sees it totally differently. Yeah. It's not like we see obstacles or fears or that we have and he's just like, Yeah, this is what it looks like, it's all right. You know, <laughs> he sees it totally different. Yeah, and, and he, he chooses not to necessarily show you that beforehand yeah. because he needs you to learn to step out in faith yeah. and stuff and so he just wants that little step and then, you know, he will always he'll come through but it, you know, you sometimes you've got to yeah. take that step first and that's yeah. how we grow, isn't it? And learn it's like Lena was saying, you know, talking, you know, with family and friends or even my husband about things that I believe and that I know are true and they might may not agree with me and I know I need to say it but I also know it might start an argument where I used to avoid arguments yeah, at all costs, yeah. you know. And But now I, I'm, I'm on the other end where I've got to learn to keep my mouth shut and not just say what I think yeah. all the time, um, even if I think it's true. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah, so yeah. But it's that knowing, isn't it, that yeah. sometimes you do still have to talk up and yes. sometimes you yeah. don't. It's the wisdom yeah. and the maturity to know when, That's right. which is which, yeah. eh? Yeah. We're going to put towels in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Go into the bathroom and stuff a towel in your mouth, yeah. eh? <laughs> All right, so what about, I know that the Word of God's got lots to say and courage. Um, the one that I particularly love, uh, well, I thought it was Joshua, yeah. Joshua, where God commands, I think it's about five times, four or five times, like in a very short space of time where he says, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, do not be dismayed. 
And, you know, and, and so the encouraging thing about that as well is that God, I think, really shows us there that he understands we will feel f- afraid and there's nothing wrong with that, but he's still saying that's all right to feel scared and feel afraid but still be strong and courageous and step out and do it. So I really like that one. Um, and then Deuteronomy 31.6 as well is a beautiful um, promise. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them. So that would be probably men and enemies and even the enemy. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Um, And um, Hebrews 13, 6. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? And there's just so many scriptures um, about that. So I might let you girls talk about some if you've got any other ones. Um, I've um, just got 20. Oh, Nice. I re- like Habakkuk 3.19. The Lord God is my strength, my personal bravery. Yep. And, my, and it goes on. I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, when you feel like you're lacking, it's like, oh, God, you're my personal bravery. All right, I'm covered. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to be brave. I like the Joshua one as well. And um, another one I like, 2 Timothy 1.7. For God did not give us a spirit yes. of timidity, but a spirit of power. Um, a spirit of power, of love, and self-discipline. Yeah. And so God didn't make us timid. He made timid. He made us courageous. So yeah. Yeah. That's. And and I think that's important to realise that being courageous doesn't mean the absence of fear. No. So you can still not feel courageous, but you are yeah. courageous because you choose to act in spite of the fear. Yeah. Do it afraid, basically. Mm. Yeah, and I think that if we think, you know, we might have ourselves and think, oh, I'm so scared or whatever, that I'm not very courageous or brave, like I teach the kids at school. You're still brave if you choose to do even when you feel scared. Brave doesn't mean that you're not going to feel scared. Um, I I taught Ella that. It just reminded me. A few months ago, she had to go have her needles, her immunisation needles. And um, and so we're going on a special girl day and we're going shopping and we're going to get the needles and get, you know have lunch together and and she was, that morning she was really excited because we're having a girl day together but then she was just like I'm like you're so brave because we're going to go get needles and oh, she had to have a blood test so yeah that's I'm like you're so tremendous. brave and she's like but I'm scared I'm like that's okay you're allowed to be scared yeah. but you're still doing still it brave. So you're still brave yeah exactly she's like oh like. <laughs> <laughs> that's good that's so good I've just got two other scriptures that I love here. Psalm 27, verse 3. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. And I think that's, isn't it, that's courage. It's knowing that you can be confident in the Lord. And Ezra 10, 4. Arise, for it is your task, and we are with you. Be strong and do it. I love that. That's so cool, right? Yeah. That really spoke to me. All right, so is that um, time to wrap this one up, Lena? Oh, I think so. Okay. We'll have to do Rahab next week. All righty. Um, thank you for, for listening to our podcast this week. We um, hope you got, got a, lot, a lot out of it. Um, if you'd like to contact us, you can jump onto our website, www.life-house.net, or you can jump on and find us on Facebook under Lifehouse Ministries. We'll see you next time. What?